coming because but i love that that's where my people are every year and that's where i shall go it's also where i got married so uh every so often uh at least at one point during summer camp i um i will mosey on over to the chapel where i got married over at mandalay bay and um we'll just sit and bask and i'll send my wife pictures and say i miss you baby uh so as you walk into black hat if you are you know uh i don't know black hat's okay uh and you pass through the big casino area by the by uh heading towards the conference area you'll see the mandalay bay chapel that's where you truly got married so i do have a sentimental attachment to las vegas for a couple of different reasons but chief among them well i have to say the chief one is obviously my wife i love you baby but a very close second you know what Fuck it. tied for first is my family my i've said it i'll say it a hundred times say it a thousand times my it is my family it is my home it is my community it is my people god damn i love defcon uh and today we have one of the i don't know did i insult you by calling you an elder statesman on twitter <laughs> No, actually, I haven't. Uh, I haven't had a compliment like that in years, so I'll, I'll take it, even even if it means I'm old at this point. It, uh, you look beautiful. Look at that hair, man. That's a good color on you. Yeah. Well, you know, I gotta compete with you once we get into town. Ooh. I know what I'm getting into. It's uh, it's it's primed. It's prepped. The color's yeah. going in. Um, I. It depends if I want to sit for a rainbow or not. I, I think I'm just gonna go for the goon colors again this year. I really like those rainbow colors. The ones that kind of fade from yeah. shade to shade. Oh, dude, that's really sexy. Well, that's since, since you said that, I'm definitely going to do rainbow now. I'm going to do but it all for you. That's cool, man. I thought about it, but I didn't want to do that to my daughter. I was telling Brandon that our youngest it does hair, and she loves dyeing my hair. And I've had her do up to two colors. Doing a rainbow, that's that's a lot to ask. You know, that's a That's a lot of work. It is, and I'm going to be sitting for a while, but now that I know that you like it, I'm definitely going to be doing it. Uh, <laughs> as I said, my name is Danny Kowski. I work here at Trimark along with uh, Brandon Colley, who is up right above our guest. Um, God, uh, I don't... What's that? I just said, what's up? Oh, hey, oh, man. Oh, and Jake, Jake's here via voice. Uh, okay. If you want to let him in a little bit, too. So, If Jake wants to come in, I will, I will reevaluate my entire studio mode just to accommodate Jake. I have no problem doing that. He can do that. Feel free, to, down, feel, feel free to come on in, Jake. But I'm not going to transition my... Oh, there you are. Uh, let's uh, let's stinger that right over. Aha! Now I only have to fix three things. Uh, <laughs> and That's pretty smooth. That's pretty <laughs> smooth. That wasn't that bad, right? I, I got to fix the names and stuff, but it's not that bad. Uh, Russ Rogers. How the hell yes. are you? I'm good, man. I'm also, good. Also known as Vertigo. Uh, and Speed Rusher. And Speed Rusher, yes. I, I know you as all of them. Although sometimes I, I often have to, I do have to be, you you happen to share your actual real first name with another very high profile hacker, yeah. uh, Dr. Russ. So yeah. I can't just say Russ anymore. I, have to, I always have to clarify my handle. Uh, you're not a yeah. doctor, are you? No, I have an honorary PhD. I went back and got another bachelor's instead of a doctorate. So uh, I considered it, but it was all about the programming. 
So I went back and got a game programming degree as my my other bachelor's. So there we go. Yeah, I I know oh. I know the other Russ. And there's actually a sticker that El Cantaro made, and you may still find it places. It says I'm the other Russ. Oh, and I didn't so, know he had that one. Yeah, yeah. So all the Russes have stickers that say I'm the other Russ. All I I had the one I have from Russ is Russ quit the FBI, and all I got was this lousy sticker. Yes, yeah, that that was. I think that was also El Cantaro. He uh, likes his stickers. Yes, but then we got him back by making T-shirts of him. Do you have an El Cantaro T-shirt? I do. Yeah, I have an El Cantaro. I, I can't bring myself to wear it because it's it's a little creepy. Um, I wear it in the gym like at least three times a week. I, I wore oh, it yesterday. Yeah, I yeah, you know, you have no qualms with that kind of stuff. For me, it's a little weird. I think I've known El Cantaro like twenty-five years at this point. So my God. Yeah, it's really weird for me to <laughs> to to wear him on my uh, on my chest. You know, I love him, but that's I I still want somebody to make like El Cantaro booty shorts, and I swear that's the only thing I would wear the entire time that I was gooning at DefCon. Because like usually you wear like yeah you know, like tactile shorts or whatever with pockets. Like no, you make me some Cantaro booty shorts, I won't wear anything else. Uh, All right, you you heard it here first <laughs> with his face on it or. Oh, we, we, yeah, it could either be a face on each cheek or it could just be a one, although it would be so warped by the size that I would need. <laughs> he would be unrecognizable after, after, like, when I put them on, I'm like, well, that just that just looks like somebody melted Kentaro's face. Russ, what is your history with DEF CON? How, when did you start going? Um, So I showed up in, I think, 98. So DEFCON 6. Um, and, you know, I had heard about it, but there's, um, well, as you know, it, there's, uh, you cannot compare the experience of hearing about it to actually going the first time and realizing that you finally fit in somewhere, mm. right? And that that's really, uh, growing up a hacker, right? I, it's a really solitary thing, right? It was bulletin board systems. There were a few other dial-up systems, but with very few exceptions, you didn't really get together, right? But I showed up at DEF CON, I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing, right? And so I I nagged Jeff, DT, um, Jeff Moss, the the whole show. I'm like, I I need to be involved. And I kid you not, that year he had enough of me that he he put me on put me on a door checking badges going into the rooms. But it was a small enough con that you could still check badges going into each of the rooms, right? Because the conference space itself wasn't locked down entirely to DEF CON at the time. So um yeah, and and the rest is history. You at the time you kind of found your place within the con, right? Everybody's uh, making cat five cables, running cat five cables. Um, everyone's kind of a red shirt at that point, right? You're literally everybody had a red shirt if we had shirts at all. It, it was a matter of, um, of just identifying the people that were working the event, right? Who could you go to if there were issues or or things like that? And there was some crazy stuff going on. So you needed to know who was on staff, right? I mean, we had, I don't remember exactly what it was, but at the AP, I remember, um, they called everybody on the radio and they called the medics and every, everything else. There was a guy that had an inherent medical problem and had taken his medicine, but had also drank too much and he passed out 
and they couldn't wake him up. He was halfway in his room and halfway out onto the sidewalk. And so, you know, you've got me and Noid and CJ and all these priests, all these people showing up from all these different areas, right? Um, just to figure out how to handle this situation. We're all young. I mean, <laughs> you know, I was older than most, but we were we were all pretty young. You know, I I turned thirty in ninety nine, so I would have. I been graduated about... high school in ninety nine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. I You're appreciate welcome. That. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh, you know, that's kind of how I got involved. I got on um, all the staff stuff was managed via a a, a list serve. Honestly, Jeff put me on on a mailing list, um, and I got to know folks like Noid and and some of the other um, old school folks. Oh man, and, uh, that was it. Noid uh, is again. It's one of my favorite like little DefCon memes. Is uh, it's cool. Noid said I could do it. Um, those those little stickers that go around. I did a thing last year, and I'm still cringing about it. And I'll tell this. You'll appreciate this, Russ. So yeah, because of COVID, it was only my second on floor goon year. Would have been my fourth. Um, and this will mark my third this year. Um, but I've gotten to be friends with Noid over the years. Noid for anybody, for, for the uninitiated, Noid is also, uh, elder statesman, uh, of, of DEF CON, one of the, one of the originals, you'll, you'll hear his name a lot and he's an amazing person. Um, and when you start talking history with people, you will hear that name come up. So that's an important part of this. Um, but he hadn't been able to make it last year. I don't think he's going to make it this year either, unfortunately. Uh, he, he said he wasn't going to make it, but every time he he checks Twitter, there's another thing kind of sweetening the pot trying yeah. to talk him into coming out. Ooh. But yeah. is, he, well, I, is he bribable? He might be bribable. Ooh, yeah. Well, I can bribe him, well, because I did this last year. <laughs> so Noid has had been he had gotten what we we can we get patches right i have my two-year patches five years noid to 20 years right 20 yeah, years yeah. is a is a huge amount of time but he wasn't there and i was of course in my element i was i was such a having such a good time i was off shift and i was like noid did you know i was texting i was like did you know that you get your patch he goes oh i'm not there i was like do you want me to get it for you and he's like that would be great so I, I went to QM and I got Noid's 20 year patch. I was like, it was my first opportunity to be like, it's cool. Noid said I could do it. And I showed them the text message saying, you can pick up my 20 year patch. So I was like, well, oh, this is going to be really cool. And then somebody in QM had the idea uh, to get a bunch of people together to sing uh, happy uh, happy Goon Year! To it, it's a song we could do, and I, I don't think I'm giving anything away. It's just part of the, we have so many traditions and things like that, and this is part of the reason why I really love it. But then I took it a step further. We should go into the sock and do it. That's not something you do. The sock I've taught is such a serious place. There are people doing oh, yeah. serious things. There are all of the leadership is in there. That's like, this is like you, it's just like a regular person walking into a corporate boardroom during a board of directors meeting just to sing happy birthday to somebody. And you can make a, a lot of people uptight. It's not a thing that you do, but I did, wasn't thinking. I knew that, but I wasn't. So what did I do? Barged into the sock at like 10 o'clock at night and did this and the look on certain people's faces was like you 
absolute moron. And I, <laughs> it was a, and I, I spent the rest of the con. I was very upset. And, but I did it for knowing. And then I ended up having to apologize to a lot of, I still, I cringe internally and I'm like, they're, they're not going to ask me back next year. So this is the, that's just one of the stories that I had. I've had some bumpy roads already, but. Noid's been there since the first year. Yeah. And there, there's not a ton of those people around anymore. But yeah, he's he's been, you know, I started at DEF CON 6 and that feels like for freaking ever ago. They were there at one. <laughs> yeah, we, oh. we, we were just talking to uh, R R Riverside uh, oh. about like DEF CON 8 and the origins of Wall of Sheep and, and things like that, which is, by the way, if you're listening or watching this, that video is now up on our YouTube and our Spotify, so you can hear that too. There's a lot of good stories there. Um, but it it's just, but that informs the whole, like, the whole spirit of the thing, right? Like you had talked about, yeah. like, my first year I ever showed up was, I just, this is it. This is, this is home. Holy shit. This is like a thing that I knew that I, it was something that I didn't know I was looking for. Uh, yeah. And then I found it. And then it was the most incredible thing. How has... How has it changed for you over the years from being there that early? Did you ever think it would reach where it is now? <laughs> would you believe around DEFCON 10, we were actually talking about whether we should uh, we should just stop? Really? Uh, right? Oh, yeah. No, there were, I shit, you know, there were real conversations among the staff like, hey, we've done this 10 years. That's an amazing run. Because at the time, you know, I think... Uh, um, Chaos Computer Club was the only one that that mm -hmm. had run that long, right? Um, and we're like, gosh, should we just should we stop, right? Because <laughs> we we were starting to get a handle on the fact that we didn't have a handle on everything, right? Because <laughs> it only took ten years. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, you've got weird things happening in pools, hot tubs. You've got weird things happening in fountains. Uh, the rooms are getting destroyed. Uh, payphones go missing off of walls, right? All this stuff was happening. Uh, the FBI is starting to show up for the talks. Uh, we were running out of space. We were putting tents on the roof of the Alexis Park. And at one point, they were doing the uh, social engineering contest. Mm -hmm. And um, some guy from the FBI, young guy, probably fairly new, stood up and started asserting himself and got chased out of the tent. <laughs> by, by the hackers right and and you start you kind of stop and you're like well you know maybe do we stop <laughs> right right how do we how do we manage this and obviously you know history tells us the story that we never actually did um it's it's completely different the vibe is different the energy there are parts of it that are the same um but we've lost a lot of the um the juvenile chaos for lack of a better word right you've got when we started, it was literally a whole bunch of antisocial hackers that really had no life except online and on their computers. And you get them all in the same room. They all have the same interest. And you're in Las Vegas, right? So you get your hands on booze. You get your hands on some privacy and some anonymity. And you can talk and do these things. And then wild stuff happens. Um, now, I think, for the most part, very little of that happens, at least when I left. Um, it's probably been six years ago at this point. Um, it it just it wasn't that wild anymore. But it it lost a little bit of the personality, or maybe maybe it just changed. It turned into something a little different. So um, my biggest regret, because um, I feel like we're we're a victim of our own success with DefCon, right? I mean, how do you go from 800 people the first year I was there to 
you know, it was over 25,000 mm -hmm. when I retired. Um, and it's, it's gone way beyond that. Right. And I had my hands in so many of those things with DEF CON that kind of introduced new stuff and got people interested in, and kind of segmented out to the villages and, and the contest and con groups, the documentary, all this stuff. Right. Um, and it, you, every time you do that you introduce more people into those little those little things and they're almost it's more like a south by southwest for hackers um than what it was originally mm. and i don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing but i regret that somebody who goes there say for the car hacking village or the voting machine village they're not going to have that same experience of being able to walk around these small rooms and literally see somebody doing something super cool that you've never seen before and sit down and lose the entire weekend learning to do something that you never knew before because you were instantly attracted to it. And you you made new friends, right? You learn new things, you learn new skills, you expand yourself. And I, I'm afraid maybe that we, we lose a little bit of that when you talk about a conference that's 30 plus thousand people, so. Yeah. Um I, I I will I I will uh, uh, completely usurp this entire episode. I'm going to throw it to Jake or Brandon. Do you have any thoughts or questions? Because neither of you have been right. No, sir. Why no, next year? Ne next year is going to be my. Well, I mean, I wasn't really. I, I don't know. Thirty-one my, years, sir. I don't know when my happy my my hacker birthday was, but it I I, I didn't. I be become self-aware until last DEFCON would have been Sentient. like the only one that I could have gone to. Um, I mean, I knew it existed, but um, never, never did that. Never did going to Vegas in August seem cool until this year. <laughs> going, going to uh, Vegas in August just sounds terrible to me because of heat. Number one. <laughs> Russ. Um, yeah. Yeah, Russ. I'm sorry. So, so going all the way. So, it, so if somebody had been new at DefCon 10, did you yeah. ever hear? So, so I hear this a lot, right? I, I've heard it, and even I said it when I first started going. Oh, I'm still new. So mine was first one was 24, right? So you've been going for fucking so much longer, and I had even said the same thing initially. Like, oh, I. I missed my window. I'm so new. It does it like I won't have an effect. Did you get? Were you hearing those kinds of things by 10 and 11 and things from people? No, no, no. I don't think so. Not at that point, right? Everybody everybody was still so energetic about it. And we honestly, we never, I don't know that anybody expected to grow like it did, yeah. right? I mean, we started, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, some ridiculous number that we had, um, uh, maybe a few thousand people when we started at the AP, and then by the time we left, we were at like thirteen thousand. When was right? the tipping? Do you do? You, can you pinpoint like a tipping point of when you guys were like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, what? Look at this. Like, was yeah. there a year that you remember, or like just a certain thing? Like, oh my god! Like, this is now a much different thing. Yeah, I think um, honestly, the size wise, and we we had space problems. It probably started around. Uh, deck content, mm -hmm. right? At where we start realizing we have far more people than we can accommodate. And so we start putting tents on the roof. We start putting tents out in the parking lot. We've got these huge industrial air conditioners that do jack shit in <laughs> Las Vegas heat. Um, 
but I mean, it's it's what we had to do, and and we had a contract signed. You know, you've you've got this this obligation, and um, we were we were trying to find the next hotel because AP had the, the Alexis Park had become our home, um, and I don't think anybody at that point was like, I've missed my window, and I you know that I think that's interesting because I don't if. If I had to put a year on it when that kind of thing probably started happening, it would have been about the 20th year. Mm -hmm. Because when you start looking at an event like that, that's 20 freaking years old, how is this 20 years old? You know, a, a 20 years is a generation. And that's that's kind of what we have here, right? And so the DEF CON that you have, it, it fits your world. It fits the world you grew up in. And the DEF CON I had fit the world that I grew up in. And we're kind of different generations here, but there's no less value to to what exists today than what existed before, but it's just it's just different, and so you get these old people like me that have been around for freaking ever, right? <laughs> um, and, and we start bitching and complaining because well, you know the good old days, but it's it necessarily has to evolve. Technology evolves, people evolve, culture evolves. You know, if we did, God, if we did even just a modicum of the crap that we did at the old DEF CON, at the new DEF CON, it, there'd be lawsuits. We'd be in all sorts of hot water. There's laws and stuff on the books that were probably put there in Las Vegas because of us. <laughs> um, and so it's it's just, it's one of those things that's, it has evolved in a good way, but it is necessarily different um, than, than what we all grew up with. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. Danny, I was go just ahead. gonna, no, I'm just gonna say it like, so it's, I would have gone this year. Um, and I'm still having FOMO. So it's not that I don't want to go or that I necessarily feel like I missed missed the point where it would be cool or fun to go. Um, I just, we already have stuff planned. So it's on the books for next year. So, yeah, so my, and my point of asking all that is it's, even though I once thought that, it has now been, you know, seven years later. And I have had seven years worth of, uh, worth of experiences and like literal life changing relationships and conversations. And that now when I talk to new people that go, they're like, Oh my God, you've been going for seven years. I was like, hold, hold my, hold my drink for a second. I'm going to, let me go get Russ. Let me go get Ned. here and talk to these people. And then you can say that. But it's looking back now at almost 10 years of, I'm I I'm so happy that I kept going and didn't let that take over and say, oh, this isn't my time anymore. And now I'm just an interloper or whatever, because it was very shortly after my first year. Then I started doing the contest and I started like being involved in the conference and things like that. So my I always say never think that I always like new people that come because now, like you just said, Russ, this is now your if you are a first year, this is now your generation. Right. Yep. You get to decide what the next hopefully, you know, 10 looks like for you yeah. um because we're not guaranteed i would 2020 taught us if it taught us anything is that we're not guaranteed a next year uh, right i don't yeah i don't even like the meme of devcon is canceled anymore <laughs> it's maybe <laughs> in another five years it'll be funny to me again but then it almost was i mean essentially on site it was and it was not funny anymore um that's funny so when do you when do you usually get into Vegas? Because you also said you you do stuff with uh, B sides too. Yeah, so I was, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'll just preface it with that. We so uh, far before B sides Las Vegas started, um, there was Black Hat, and so Jeff 
Jeff started Black Hat um, the same year. Well, I guess it would have been, gosh, was that? I think that was DEF CON 6. Yeah, so he he had his first Black Hat that year, and it was tiny, and it was in a part of Caesars that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, that, like, it's it, that whole part of the building is gone. It, it's been torn down and rebuilt into something like restaurants, right? You can eat breakfast there. Um, but so I got involved with Black Hat, and um, so I was... I was showing up early to help with Black Hat, and then I stuck around and we would do the DEF CON thing, right? And the interesting part in the early years was you always had like this two-day break in between, kind of this rest. <laughs> and the the thing that kind of changed is uh, before even B-Sides evolved, um, DEF CON started kind of expanding, and it, it wasn't intentional. Um, what you find is if people really love something, they're going to show up at least a day early so they can hang out with their friends before everything starts. So we had this DEF CON on Saturday, Sunday thing, and then we're like, you know, let's do this, you know, Friday afternoon thing, right? So now everybody starts showing up on Thursday, right? And like, oh, so we'll just make a full day event on Friday. So now everybody's showing up on Wednesday. I'm like, oh my God. This is never going to stop. We're going to end up with DEF CON being like a week long at some point. Um, so I I would get there early. Um, I taught a lot of classes at Black Hat for a lot of years. And then I would speak. Um, and then we'd morph almost immediately into setting up for, for DEF CON. And then when I retired from DEF CON, Jack Daniel reached out and he goes, look, I know you probably need a break, but... <laughs> What do you think about coming over to B sites Las Vegas? I'm like, well, give me a year, right? Give me a year. Let me let me kind of catch up. And so um ended up on the board. Um now I'm the VP over there. Uh this year I'm getting in on a Monday. So, you know, training starts on Saturday, Sunday at Black Hat. So I'm not getting there on Fridays anymore. Um, so this this feels pretty good. So get in on Monday afternoon, meet up with folks, have a drink, go do dinner, uh, hang out. Um We've got B-sides being set up on Monday, so I'll hang out there for for a little bit. And then we're leaving. I'm taking off Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon because I'm not doing anything at DEF CON. And I, I told you via Messenger earlier, you know, I created that gold badge program for people on staff that had been there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, because the thing is, you we've got all these contests, and we've had them forever, where you can win this black badge. You win the black badge, and then you've got DEF CON for life for free. I'm like, well, we've got people on staff that have been here, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Um, what are what are we doing for them? And so I uh, I had some conversations with folks on the SOC and uh, some of the other areas, but primarily the SOC, um, where they were getting burned out. And I'm like, look, you know, we just need an exit strategy. So I I went to Jeff and proposed this gold badge, and uh, lo and behold, got it. Got it granted, and uh, but I've got this gold badge. I don't even know how to use the damn thing. <laughs> I, I literally have not been back since I got my gold badge because I was going to take a couple years off and recover, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah, uh, and and now here we are in 2023, and I'm like, well, yeah, you're like, you know, do I wear it? Like, are like, do I show it to somebody? Like, what? Like, yeah. Are 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 the Caesars people who check up at the the link walkway gonna know what a gold badge is like? Right, exactly. Yeah, I and I don't know if anybody else that I've gotten these badges for um has ever been. Nobody's ever reached out and told me that they've they've tried it and it worked. So I, I don't know. You know, we're we're gonna find out. Um you know, but it's it's an interesting thing, right? If I run into problems, I, I know who to call, right? right. I can 
get past the roadblocks. But I kind of want to see does did this really pan out? I you know I did this what five six years ago. <laughs> Do the gold badges really work? I mean, you know, like you've got three years left. Let's say you've got three years. You put ten years in, right? I mean, that's a long time, Danny. I mean that that's a long time. Uh, most marriages don't make it ten years. So <laughs> I'm not even it, in ten years on mine yet. <laughs> yeah, right. So you make it ten years, and you decide you want to retire and kind of float like the rest of us, just hang out and enjoy it now for the rest of your life. Does it work? <laughs> you know, does does Danny get in? Which, so. which goes back to the essence of being a hacker. Like, let's see if I can do this thing and see if it works. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's like you've regressed back to like '98, and you're like, I don't know if this thing will pass muster, but I'm going to try it. Yeah, yeah, I have, I literally have no idea. I there's a certain irony of showing up at DefCon and getting turned away at the door, right? <laughs> I'm going to show Can up with a gold. I'm like being the goon or the noon that turns away like you. Or... I've seen noons turn away Jeff. Yeah, I've seen it too. I have laughed my ass off and they're like, sir, you don't have your badge. You can't go in. And I'm just, I'm smirking. Right. I, cause that's phenomenal. <laughs> and, and Jeff DT will never give him hell. Right. He loves it. He's like, okay, no, that's awesome. I forgot to put it on. He'll put it on and he'll walk away. And the noon will have no idea until somebody goes up and like, do you know who that is? <laughs> and then you just, their face turns purple. Right. They're like, Oh my God, why didn't you tell me? Cause it's much better this way. Yeah, or like bad chicken CJ or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, we're we're God. There's so much I want to talk to you about. If you could sit down. So, th by the way, the the whole genesis of having Russell. Not like I need an excuse to have my friend on. I I I I I, I, I fall over myself at at the chance to do that. But this particular the, this particular idea came from something Russ had posted on Twitter saying, if you're going this year, have some of those conversations with those original people, get our, cause our history, what I love most, right? And this transcends just a conference, right? It is a, it is a culture, it is a community. What I love most out of it is one, like our art, right? Our stickers, like some people can just be like, oh, they're just stickers, but like they're like iconography of a culture. And I, I love it so much. And also that verbal history. While we yeah. have now more than ever streams and and videos and these this that and the other thing, I still put a premium above all of that of that verbal history that we've done through a millennia through every culture of being handed down that wisdom and those stories from our elders and things like that. And I take that very seriously. Yeah. So if if you were to Say you were holding court, right? I actually did this one. I, I did it recently at uh, B-Sides Charm. Um, group of students ended up coming up to the table, and I I recognized, and I ended up like holding court and telling them about conferences for like 30 minutes. And it was yep. my favorite thing ever. If you had yep. a chance to hold court over a bunch of first-timers, and I say noobs, but I, you know, when I say noobs, it's not a derogatory thing. I, I mean it with utmost affection. If you had a time to say, like, in a group of noobs, like, what what kind of what kind of things would you tell them if they, it was their first time at any security conference or hacker conference, uh, right? Because some people make that distinction. Yeah, I think the the one big learning thing that helped me grow up as a hacker was learning that that people really don't give a shit what you really care about, and not in a bad way. Yeah. Right. It's, it's find your passion and chase it. 
because there's going to be somebody else that wants to do that same thing. So if if there's something you want to do, go do it. And don't don't let yourself be intimidated by the history of DEF CON. You know, we I guess in a way we got lucky because I got there so early. There there wasn't this huge extensive history that I felt like I had to measure up against. Right. right? And I imagine there's God, you know, the anxiety, right? <laughs> Hackers have anxiety naturally <laughs> into this environment where they're supposed to be at home. Um, it's it's worse, right? So if I would just tell them, you know, there were, um, do you know who David Litchfield is? Uh, no, I don't. So David Litchfield was was one of those hackers that was on the stage at, at DEF CON and Black Hat in the early years. And at the time, he had found and released like 90% of all the Oracle database vulnerabilities in the world. I mean, huge name, huge, huge name. So freaking smart that, um, and, and to this day, I'll still meet up with him, his dad, and his brother in a bar um, outside Black Hat every single year I'm there, and we'll sit there and drink for hours. But I, I figured out years ago that if I want to have a technical conversation with David Litchfield, I had to be drinking beer. I had to drink enough beer because <laughs> at some point it loosens up your brain and your anxiety enough that you start absorbing information because he was so freaking smart. Dan Kaminsky was another person mm. like that. All right. And I, I kind of want to throw in there the whole impetus for my post on Twitter to go talk to all the OGs, like you said, that verbal history, learn the stories and the background and all that kind of stuff is I've lost so many old hacker friends at this point, right? Um, we lost uh, Kevin Mitnick, mm -hmm. right? We lost Dan Kaminsky. We lost Romer. Mm -hmm. uh, Romer was somebody that I introduced at DEF CON 8, right? I brought him out DEF CON 7 by DEF CON 8. He was on staff. He, he found his tribe as well. And um, he created... Um, the worldwide uh, war driving contest, um, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, we wrote a bunch of books together. So we lost him. We lost um, Lockheed, mm -hmm. who used to run Knock at DEF CON, right? We, we've just, we've lost so many people. And it's, you know, after a while, you start feeling like, you know, you can almost feel the <laughs> the guy in the black cloak with the, the side right behind you, right? Like... Uh, and so my point being, you know, Best case, we've got 20 years with all these old folks that were there that helped create this stuff. Find out where you came from. Find out where it started. Find out, you know, how did we get to where we are today? Because I think you have to understand that to really make it your own. And I, I think that's important, right? Like I said, we it's already passed on to another generation, if even not the generation after that, right? But find out what you can. Uh, because you know, well, it's even that, stories like that. Like you just said, you said, you know, David Litchfield is that I said, no, because there are so many, there yeah. was one time somebody, I was doing my who's slide contest and Nikita was like, Hey, Joe Grand is here. And I said, who's Joe Grand? And yeah. then later on I was like, Oh, that's Joe. And if you don't know who Joe Grand is like, go look him up. Um, I was like, oh, uh, shit. Somebody posted about simple nomad too. So I've known simple nomad forever. And he, he's he's this kind of ironic character because he's incredibly smart i mean he's really really smart and and he is a little intimidating but it, once you have a conversation with him you, you realize he's just a really relaxed chilled out hacker like all the rest of us but he's always had this huge beard he plays in this metal band like this death metal band he does all this hacking and he does this presenting he's got this really imposing personality 
but if you sit down and have a five minute conversation with him, you're absolutely going to love him. So I, I, that's kind of a funny, uh, <laughs> a funny comment. Yeah. And there's also, you know, people that will say, you know, well, oh, it's all, all the cool stuff has been done and I have nothing to offer or it's the, it's the like, oh, this thing got written about. So why would I, I want to write about it, but it already got written about who would care about it. And I give the same for, I, I give the same advice. I'm like, do the thing. Like, this is your thing. Do your thing. Make your contribution. Y you don't, you, that person did not see the world through your eyes. Well, and they don't communicate the same way you do. Right. And I think that's the key, right? The way you speak, Danny, will reach certain people that listen to your podcast that won't listen to the others because they don't connect with it. And so your voice, whether it's writing, whether it's having a podcast about a specific topic, that's reaching people. And so every time you talk yourself out of doing something that you want to do because you think somebody else has already done it, that doesn't mean you won't do it better to reach people that were not reached by the other people, the, the other folks that have done the same topic. And so it's, it's a shame if you don't step up and take that risk because you're going to positively influence somebody. Yeah. It's comes from like how people give and receive that information. That's what one of the, that's the thing I learned from being in and among hackers of that yeah. giving and receiving. Cause like I have learned how to do in my sheltered upbringing in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania for the first 20 some years of my life. If I had stayed there, the amount of things and the amount of ways that I never would have learned how to speak with people. I mean, cause like you said, we all hackers to uh, traditionally anxiety ridden stress bags, but then yep. we also have a lot of people on the spectrum. We have people who identify uh, as so many different, uh, so many different things and, and different genders and different worldviews and all these things. It is, I feel so ungodly lucky that I had the problem of trying to acclimate to that. <laughs> like, it yep. was because it was like trying to reprogram my own brain, which is exactly what hacking is and getting to know that stuff. So they, you know, yeah, if it reaches one person, if I have one person per year that says, hey, that one thing you did was cool, I'm going to keep doing all of it. That's the only yep. impetus I need to do that. Well, think of it this way. If, if you get one person on staff, one person who thinks that you have done such cool stuff that they want to be involved and start contributing think of the impact that has, right? Because, um, you know, you introduce them, they start pursuing all these different things within DEF CON, they start bringing in their friends who bring in their friends. You know, you're 10 years down the road and you realize there's a hundred people doing stuff at DEF CON that have an impact just because you brought one person in. I mean, that, that's huge. And you should never shy away from just just doing what makes you you passion do your passion i think know? that that makes a lot of sense to what danny's talking about with like defcon being his family right i mean you kind of build your own tree like you were saying is you do, I mean, you do. yeah they're they they're kind of like your kids in in a non creepy way <laughs> you know it, i look at people like uh, romer and grifter and some of the other folks that i brought oh, in who created all this content um and eventually brought in other people who who created content. And, you know, it gets really embarrassing because sometimes, you know, you'll have conversations in front of noobs, like you said, and and they'll be asking Grifter or they would ask Chris stuff, Romer, 
And he would say, I'm here because of Russ, right? And it, it, the conversation almost gets really uncomfortable because you you didn't do it for that. I don't, right. I'm not, I don't need this, right? I, I'm not, I don't want the recognition. What I, what I want is for you to continue to grow, right? I want as many self-sufficient hackers on planet Earth as I can possibly fit because I feel like hackers are really smart. They're very analytical. Um, we do bring some baggage with us. But I think we're pretty good at managing that. Um, that that's what I want because I feel like hackers are. Uh, God, they may they may be the only saving grace left. <laughs> yeah, I think what it all comes down. I mean, I've I've said it. You know, another thing that I that I say ad nauseum, and I just I keep repeating is that you know while we talk about black hat for a second, you know, the hackers came first and the industry came second. They're like, yes. look at all this cool shit. Let's make money off of it, right? And when yeah. all of that falls apart, we're still going to be here because there's yes. still going to yeah. be tech and we're going to be like, what's this do? I don't want it to do that. I want it to do this. Hey, come here and check this out. Come with me to go do these things. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah. You, like you said, I don't think any of us of any note, whether you're OG or, or new, come into this to, to, to do legacy building. Right. Like right. we, we don't come in here with a view to be like this, I'm going to do this and make a name. I found a really cool thing and it affected me in this way. You come here. I want to tell you about this. Yep. Um, and just like you said, like I, I will never forsake a good conversation in a hallway to go do a different thing, like a party or a talk. If, unless the sky talks, sky talks is like, I got to see this now. Cause I'll never see it again. Um, even though they're not here this year, which makes me very sad. Oh, three Oh three. 303 represent I uh they um it was one of my first things I ever did was I helped uh I helped uh uh, uh, uh staff one of their parties one time um and so that that was an eye opener too because I was brand new and I was like I don't belong here um but having those conversations and it, it's it is a gold mine I feel like I won the lottery you know every single day where do you think we go from here right we just passed 30 30 huge milestone right yeah. like and the, luckily, by 30, a lot of people were able to come back. Um, we had, I think, upwards of 25, 30,000 last year. And I think we're on track, the last I heard, to do that same amount of people. Where do, where do you think we go from here? Do you think we see a DEF CON 60? Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I uh, if you'd asked me at DEF CON 10, I would have told you there was a 50-50 shot of I've never seen a DEF CON 15. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're now we're at 30. Um, I think as as long as it keeps evolving, um, I think we'll keep going. Somebody posted on Twitter last week that, you know, it's probably time for a new documentary. And and I was yeah. like, really? Already? And I'm like, well, that was DEFCON 20. <laughs> like, All right. So it's been 11 years. So, you know, do we aim for one at 40? Right. Do we do we do one? 35 you know at how do we kind of start breaking this up because it it's completely different the, the culture we had at, at defcon 20 when we presented the documentary was completely different than it was at defcon 6 right and and now you watch the documentary and you're like ah that that seems pretty lame compared to what's going on today right so do we do another one right and i i think as long as people have a home to do really cool stuff that they enjoy and people are good to one another, right? I think that's key. Um, I, I think you can keep doing it. And, you know, Noid, Noid has said for years that if DEF CON actually got canceled, 
right? Let's say next year it just does not happen. DEF CON will still happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're still going to have at least one third of the people that come to DEF CON that are still going to come to Vegas and they're going to hang out at the bars and they're still going to do lobby con, right? They're, they're still going to hang out and they're going to do DEF CON. And so while DEF CON is this formal company that Jeff owns, right? And it, you know, you've got revenue models and expenses and all this stuff. Um, the truth of the matter is DEF CON is the people and it's the passion and it's what happens. So as long as those people still care about it, it's still going to be there. And I know that's kind of, that's the easy way to get out of it, but I don't have a good answer. Like I said, it, DEF CON 10, we were talking about whether we should keep doing it and we're DEF CON 31. Yeah. So, I got a, I got a terrible track record on on predicting these things. Do you? So, when was the last time you were at? I mean, you. I think you entered this earlier, but when was the last time you were actually on site at a DEF CON? Um, so I retired in 2016 as chief of operations, um, and I, I had hoped to be back sooner, honestly. Um, but I was just, I was so burned out. Yeah. I really was. It got. Uh, there, there started to be more and more personal attacks against me. Um, you know, we the first year we moved into Paris Valleys, um, there was this, it, you know how traffic is, right? Yes. Uh, and, yeah, and so the the first the first year we move into these um, event centers, we're we're dealing with traffic and we're trying to adjust. And so, um, when you get this big cluster of people that are blocking a hallway. I call that a blood clot, mm -hmm. right? Um, and because it, you can't get anywhere. So I'm on one side and on the other side, and it would have been Paris, right? So we had the information booth that was just out there on the, on the tiled hallway. Mm -hmm. And then you cut through that little narrow gap and there's all the speaking rooms and the vendor room and all that stuff that were here. Um, and I needed to get to that phone. If I could have gotten to that again, my watch is talking to me. <laughs> if I uh, if I had been able to get over to the phone, I could fix the problem. And there's this like six and a half, seven foot guy there. And he will not let me through. He's pissed off that he's stuck in this line. And I'm like, if I can get over there, I can fix this. You know me, I'm not an aggressive guy. But it ended up with him shoving me into a crowd of attendees out of anger. And I have never seen so many red shirts come out of the woodwork. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the guy was gone. Yeah, um, we don't tolerate that shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that was that was like the first instance. And then um, I got swatted at home um, because uh, I was an Arabic linguist in the Air Force. Mm. Um, just putting that out there. And so um, I have friends that are hackers that I like to practice with once in a while. And somebody called the FBI and said something about me wanting to bomb a building in Oklahoma City, speaking in Arabic in in the coffee shop around the corner in Paris. And so, you know, I've got FBI agents and stuff showing up. And at, at some point, it just it has become so not fun anymore yeah. that you just have to take a break. And sure. so I take a break. I step back. Um, Jeff has said he'd still like me to come back and contribute, and I'm I'm open to that. I I love DefCon, right? I mean, it's it's my baby. Yeah. Um, but you know, the pandemic happened, and this is the first time I've I've made it out since, I guess I walked away in 2016. So it's been seven years. Did you have any but, favorite? Um, so my my one of my favorite things to do 
is at a certain point, I just, uh, uh, not intentionally, but like, I just won't be around. I won't be with any group of people. I will just start meandering. And I will just, it's usually like during the parties at night, right? Like the open parties. If Caesar's yeah. Forum does it really well. Like, I, I think you're really going to like it when you come. They did it really well yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, I haven't been there. Um, it's very uh, nice. It's it's very conducive to a nice wide party and and chill. But I like, even going back to like uh, last time we did it at Caesar's, I just remember perambulating and meandering the halls and just looking into rooms and just chill. And then I would just sit down with a drink and people watch and things like that. And that's part yeah. of like the, like that's my routine. One of my routines that I really liked, one of my traditions rather that, that I like doing. Did you, before you left, did you have any kind of personal traditions when you would come to the con? Like, did you have alone time like that? Or did you have certain things you're like, I cannot wait to do this thing or hang out with these certain people or do this certain activity? Yeah, I think it was seeing certain people. <laughs> it got much more complex. When we were in like the Riv or the Rio and it was all one conference space, it was it was pretty easy. Yeah. Um, you know, you go and you go to to see people, right? I want to go see these people that I haven't seen in a year and I want to have conversations. I want to see what they've been doing and and meet whoever they're hanging out with this year, right? Um, and as it got more and more spread out, that meant I'm walking way, way more. And you know how much you already walk at DEF CON, right? Oh, my God. Um, I think eight know, miles a day, something like that. Yeah, just an to, to asinine amount of miles for a pair of tennis shoes. Um, but that that was really one of my favorite things. I'd go by, I had certain vendors that have been around a really long time who remember when I ran the vendor area. And I'd go see them. I'd go see Riverside, right? Loved going up to uh, so the cool. Wall Street and all that um and that was my thing and then you know of course i was i was kind of in a leadership role so i have a lot of friends that were running the various departments and and i would go talk to them and, and not just in a work capacity but you know you you generally really you just love those people you just want to go see them and have conversations and by the time you've kind of added all that up with everything else that you kind of have to do um you're almost out of time for the weekend, you know? It's, but, oh my uh, God. It's one of those things where you're like, and by, I, I just put the, uh, by the way, we, uh, you haven't been back for a while. We have a hotline now. Um, yeah, I didn't know about the hotline. <laughs> uh, which I just put that uh, up on the screen because that, that reminded me in, in that moment. Um, uh, now I forget where, where where I was going with that. but um, Running out of time. There's too much. Oh, to yes, do. running out of time. It has yeah. been, even in my the seven years that I've been going, I haven't seen everything. I haven't yeah. done all the things that I could possibly do. I have the things that I have done are burned into like the early ones too. Like I was just, when I had uh, Riverside on and uh, investigator chick, I said wall of sheep and packet hacking village is a core memory for me. I remember yeah. the first village I ever went into, it was in the tower in Bally's and I stood there and I was like, this is, I, I am just so content in this moment, just sitting there and looking at this. Another is hacker jeopardy. Fast forward all these years, Lintile is, I, I would take several bullets for him in several different places. Like he's one of my best friends. <laughs> and he was just a dude I saw in a ref shirt that I was lucky enough. You, you, you know, uh, uh, Wick, right, Jamie? I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, Wick also, he's, he's, a, he's OG, uh, but I also grew up with him in high school. So... When I came, when I found the hacker community, he had already been in for his entire life. And he, he's, 
and, and so he was like, come with me, child, <laughs> follow me. <laughs> and it was my first Hacker Jeopardy. And there was, of course, as you know, 8,000 people watching Hacker Jeopardy. And he yeah. was like, we don't sit back here. And he led me all the way up to the front row. And I just took, I just took somebody's seat. And he was like, we're going to sit here now. And I got to see it in front row. And then I stole somebody's bottle of wine. And I apologized to them later for it. I was very sad about it. Um, but like, you know, those core those core things that just, but then you like, Oh my God, people are talking about how much they love this village or this thing happened. Oh my God. Did you see that? No, I was on the other side of the city at that point doing this. So, yeah. you know, and some years, like one year I plan just to CTF all weekend, like one year I'm going to sit in a room and learn more stuff or one right, year right. I'm going to, Last year was a nap year. It was my first year back as it was for a lot of us. This year, there's no naps. I am I am making quality time for you. I am making quality time for specific people and seeing these things. So, um, it, Yeah, I love Hacker Jeopardy. I, there were years that I didn't miss it. Um, and it got wilder and rowdier. And I, I honestly, I didn't think that was possible after some of the stuff that happened at the Alexis Park. But it did, you know. I, and when... Very, very good at, at doing um, Hacker Jeopardy with, with a lot of the other folks. So, um, Yeah, and then I, now I'm fortunate enough to do Who Slide, and that has its own fuckery that now I get to contribute. We're in our sixth year. Um, but all right, man, I, I've had you for an hour. You're a very, very busy man. Um, I cannot wait to see you. I land sometime Wednesday afternoon, and I'm going to hunt you down. Uh, and yep. I, will, I will find you. Um Hold on. Sorry, Jake. I'm going to unblock your face for a second. <laughs> I put the I put the hotline sticker over over Jake's face. Um, people want. So where 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 do you where do you exist online these days? You're. I mean, you're still. Do you still? I see you tweet. I see you do some things. Are do you, are you there more? Have you moved on to the other alternatives? No, no. I I haven't. We've had what four or five. Yeah. Alternatives. Uh, new hotness every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm just sticking around and until I I figured. It you know, till everyone figures out where we're going. But I'm on Twitter. I, I don't tweet much. I really don't. There There's enough people out there talking enough that there's, I'll do some talking, um, but but really not much. Uh, you can always reach me there. And I'm I'm happy to, to reach out, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I get in on Monday. Um, I'll be over at B-Sides. I invite anybody to come by and say hi. Please do. Um, I don't make it over there nearly enough. I've, I, there was, I've, I've, had it, I've hit a couple years there, but I really don't make it over there enough. And I always feel bad that, uh, that I feel like I don't include them in discussions as much as I should. Because when I'm there and that staff that runs that, and it, yep. is, it is just such a wonderful, wonderful uh, palate cleanser. If you've come for black hat and you're like, Oh God, what now? And you go to yep. B sides and the B sides pool party is one of my favorite events in the entire world. Yep. The DJs, um, you can actually sit by the pool, right? Uh, it's, it's good time. Another one of my core memories real quick is was my, my first ones ever was at beast. I, I wasn't an attendee. I barely knew about it, but I had a friend that I had met on Twitter. His name's Thomas. I don't think he was going this year, but he invited me not knowing me from anything to have cigars. And we had ah. cigars and whiskey outside the pool at B sides. And now I get sad when he doesn't come because it was like, we did it my first year. And I was like, this is so much fun. Um, so I encourage people when they come, like start your own traditions. Cause before yeah. you know it, it's going to be your 10th year. And 
another one of mine is, uh, you know, cigars and mojitos with Steve Reagan uh, at Caesars, you know? And I look for like, it's just... You have another B-Sides connection. What's that? You have another B-Sides connection. What's that? Steve Reagan. Oh, yeah. Well, I just assume Steve is in everything. I just, like... Yeah. I, I I don't even remember how I got to be friends with Steve, but like it's just it's been a very I just I oh God I would die for that guy, um and uh and like yeah just that's form your own my bottom line is form your own traditions if you've never been start them now because you'll yep. be amazed the magic that will hit you when you go and the things that you do will carry with you. And the next year you're gonna be like I'm gonna do new things, but I'm gonna do this one thing because I felt really good doing it. And before you know it you're going to have your own stream or something talking about these things 10 years from now. And uh, we are losing too many of us. We are losing too many people. It seems exponential at this point. And it's, you know, fact of life and that's sad or in, and, and, and it's, it's not something that we like, but have these conversations, meet people like Russ, look at his face. He's recognizable. Like you see him just say, Hey, I saw you do a thing or I saw you on Twitter. Like nice to meet you, you know? I yep. just people if people the one thing I'm very proud of is when people will be like I can't wait to meet you I hear you're a hugger and I was like yes I am if you are <laughs> consenting I own the only reason I work chest at the gym is so I can hug that's all I do um well thank you Russ I appreciate you uh I'm so happy to see you again I'll be even happier when I see you in the flesh um yeah. and uh yeah brother I'll, I'll I'll be seeing you soon thank you Jake and thank you Brandon by the way speaking of Steve He's on the show on Friday, uh, which is, yeah, he's good. I've had him booked for a while, but uh, we've done like three shows this week and we're going to have Steve on Friday. We're going to talk more about this and, and more about Steve because Steve has a lot of stories to tell. So we're going to be doing all of the things. So uh, Bill and Medic and, uh, and uh, everybody else in chat, thank you for joining. uh, And we will, we'll see you in another day. All right. Thank you, Russ. I always neglect to tell the guests to stick around. Yeah. Because when oh. I end, they think, okay, I should leave now. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to shoot the shit for a while. And uh, it's the one detail I never tell them. That's oh, I got a bolt. I got a bolt anyway. But I do too. No, yeah. we're still hot. Mike. How can you bolt? We're not done yet. Oh, okay. All right. Screw I bolt whenever I want to bolt. All right. Well, okay. You now we're done. Off now. Of me, Dad. All right. You're not my father! <laughs>